You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. All right. Week eight is behind us. Let's break down the cash game thought process. And I'll be honest, I made a few mistakes in cash. Luckily, I did not make the mistake of rostering Jimmy Garoppolo, even though I thought he was squarely in play. And if you are someone who rostered him, you know, it's it, we just have to look at it. Um, you know, that was in his range of outcomes. I even said on the Saturday show, um, you know, he's been benched before, so it, it was an issue. It was definitely something that I thought about when I chose to click on Russell Wilson instead. Um, so, but what I will say is I don't fault anybody for rostering Garoppolo. You know, it was a great matchup. The game script went according to plan. You know, Seattle scored some points and the the Niners should have, um, you know, been able to, to put some points on the board as well. It just didn't happen that way. So... Uh, I end up with 156 in cash, which was, you know, enough to be in like the 90th and or higher percentile of most double ups. Um, so this is what my lineup looked like. Russ Wilson at quarterback. Uh, the three running backs that I think were the most popular, I think, um, I think, Kamara was a little bit more popular than Derrick Henry, but I went Kamara, Kareem Hunt, Jamal Williams. Um, you know, I, the weather that we talked about definitely wasn't too much of a factor in the Bengals-Titans game, which, you know, I mean, I guess it's a good thing that I thought it might be because it kind of got me off Burrow and on to Wilson, so... The game that did that was affected was that Cleveland game. And, you know, everybody kind of said that that was going to be the game. You know, all the weather uh, people, like Chris Allen from 4 for 4, kind of said that was the game that was going to be the most affected. And um, I didn't think it was going to affect Kareem Hunt. Uh, you know, he had his 66 yards rushing. He just, I don't know what it is. They don't throw him a ton of passes. And, you know, he really hasn't broken off a big run. So... Uh, I think his ceiling is a little bit capped going forward, and that's just something that we have to take note of. You know, Jamal Williams, monster game again, six catches, 27 yards. We kind of knew that he was going to be a big part of the passing game there. Um, and then Kamara had a better day. He, he had like five more points than Derrick Henry. And, you know, that's what that's what I talked about with, with Derrick Henry. Um, you know, he did score a touchdown and get over 100, but nothing else. Whereas, you know, Kamara didn't get over 100 yards or score a touchdown, and he still bested him by five points because he's such a receiving threat when Michael Thomas is out. So, I, you know, I'll go to Kamara every single time if they're the same price, and they're in that same situation just because, you know, Derrick Henry, he just doesn't have that, you know, he needs that 80-yard touchdown run basically to smash value. Uh, from there, my three wide receivers, and this I was very leery of these three of two of these three wide receivers. Um, I thought it made my lineup, you know, 
pretty barbell-ish. And by that, I mean, you know, I had some studs in there to to hit some ceiling games, but I also had these two guys who could have very easily taken zeros on my roster, Denzel Mims and Kendrick Bourne, two guys under 3.5K, which, you know, I never like to do, but, you know, Bourne got it done, eight for 80. Mims looked like he was on his way. He was two for 40 in the first quarter, and then nothing after that. Um, I don't think he got nicked up, but, because um, he was in there towards the end. But, I mean, that's just, uh, and, you know, I could have played Braxton Berrios there, but I just liked the way my lineup looked, and I didn't want to get off the Dolphins' D, so I might as well segue into that. Dolphins' D was one of the main pieces that I was completely sold on to start the week. Um, I know a lot of people, I, I follow a lot of people on Twitter, obviously listen to um, some guys that I respect, et cetera, and a lot of people were saying, that you needed to roster a defense in one of the weather games, like the Bills or the Browns or the Titans, because that weather um, was going to impact offenses and, you know, boost defensive scoring. I didn't see it that way. I saw it like, you know, if weather was going to impact the game, it was probably going to make teams be more conservative, meaning less dropbacks, less sacks, that kind of thing. So I stuck with the Dolphins. Um, you know, there's a little bit of luck box there. They They returned... And a fumble for a touchdown and got a punt return for a touchdown. You know, 23 points, huge. They weren't even high-owned. They were like 10 to 15% in double-ups, which I was very surprised that I thought they were far and away the defense that you needed to roster this week because of their price. Um, so that worked out well. I also had Keenan Allen, 9 for 67 and a touch. You know, he was just ridiculously underpriced. He was pretty much in every lineup. So he was kind of, you know, a free square type thing going on there and I did roster Darren Waller at tight end who ended up you know not doing much but you have to look at it in the entire context of the lineup um, because he did beat out Kittle he did beat out Harrison Bryant so you know if I tried to get up uh, there was a lineup that I was looking at that I think was a two or three v three off of this lineup that had Jimmy G and Kittle and my goodness if I made that switch it would have been a completely different day. This is a pretty hilarious stat that I have for you here. Uh, I won 96% of my head-to-heads. And the only reason it's 96 and not 99.999 is because I was a fish and forgot to set the rule at the bottom of the entry screen that prohibits you from playing the same person more than once. I always set that to one, so I only have the same opponent one time. Uh, I did not do that this week, and I ended up winning, uh, I think it was 158 out of 165 head-to-heads, and all seven losses were to the same guy or girl. And that kind of stings, and it wasn't a really big loss. In fact, if Alvin Kamara had like one catch for, I don't know, 10 or 15 yards in overtime, I would have had 100% of head-to-heads won. Um, but it was a uh, an absolute smash week. Um, and I know I mentioned this last week, after the first six weeks of the season, you know, I, we won some, we lost some, but they were all kind of real close at the end, like a catch swung it or a touchdown swung it. 
And, you know, they were all like 58, 62, 64 percentile lineups. And this, the last two weeks have just been, you know, just utter smashes. So we are definitely clicking on all cylinders heading into the halfway point of the season. Um, You know, just some takeaways from this week. I think, you know, it's smart to pay down in cash for quarterback, but not to force it, right? So once the option came up that it was either Wilson or Garoppolo, um, I really thought that Garoppolo, you know, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't click the button because, you know, I've seen him put up two, seven, nine fantasy points, you know, against defenses that he shouldn't be doing that. Um, you know, we've seen the San Francisco offense kind of sputter. Um, they were without Debo Samuel. So I just thought, and then and then the opposite was true for the Seahawks. Russ had been cooking all year. They were without their top two running backs. You know, I just felt like it was a prime spot for Russ to crush. And when I weighed the 3v3 that I was talking about, it was Russ, Bourne, and Waller versus Garoppolo, Kittle, and Ayuk. So I think, you know, basically I I went with Russ and Bourne and Waller because I thought there was just a bit too much correlation there. I I really couldn't find, um, if I went to Garoppolo and Kittle, I couldn't find anywhere else that I wanted to pay up or pay down. And then I just started switching the lineup around a little bit too much, so that is why I landed on what I did. Um, ended up working out well this week, but there are definitely weeks where you know the switch that I sh- that I didn't make would have been the right switch. Um, so you know you just have to keep that in perspective, but at the same time you have to really think about the floor um, in in some cash lineups. And I think Russ was just so much safer than Garoppolo, and you know that, you know everybody knows that. But then you know going from Kittle. You know, if if you just take a look at Kittle and Waller, you know, I just thought that the separation from Garoppolo to Russ um, was just a lot bigger than Waller to Kittle and a lot bigger than Bourne to Ayuk. All right, let's talk about the Monday night showdown. We have the Bucks at the Giants and... And I think this game is pretty interesting. Um, some things that stood out to me on this slate, I think Wayne Gallman is probably one of the better plays, but he'll probably be popular. If you do play Wayne Gallman, um, you'll probably have to get a little bit unique around that lineup. I think Golden Tate is a little bit too cheap. You know, he's only had one catch in the last two games, but, um, you know, still... He's very, very underpriced. Um, He's been on the field a little bit less than Slayton and Shepard, but uh, still underpriced and definitely should be in your lineup rotation. Um, As for the captain spot, I think Slayton is an okay captain. You know, he gets those bombs uh, downfield, and he's someone that could definitely be, uh, you know, a 5 for 101. And if it's a slugfest and he gets that, then he could end up as the optimal captain. I do think that the captain will probably come from the Buccaneer side. Tom Brady is in play. 
Uh, although I think, you know, for Tom Brady to be the captain, he's going to have to hit four different receivers for touchdowns because if Mike Evans goes for 10, 102, he's the captain. You know, if Scotty Miller goes for 8, 101, he's the captain most likely. So the thing that you have to pay attention to is when you're building these lineups, if Brady is your captain, you probably should sprinkle a few pass catchers because that probably means like there's a, a bunch of guys went for like six, six for 60 and six or something like that. Um, I think Gronk's in play. I do really like Scotty Miller. I think you're probably, I think the key to the slate is going to be nailing, you know, the tertiary pass catchers for the Giants. Is it going to be Shepard? Is it going to be Ingram? Is it going to be Slayton? Is it going to be Tate? You know, getting the right one or two of those guys in your lineup probably is going to to decide the slate because I think the Bucks are pretty easy to basically see what is going to happen there. Um, you know, Brady's going to just deal um, probably mostly to Miller and Evans. Um, Gronk will probably have a, a shot at a touchdown or two so you can get him in your lineup. As for the running backs, I think I would put Jones, if you have Jones in your lineup or Jones at captain, I would shy away from Brady um, because they kind of don't correlate since Jones is like the, the goal line back. So if he's scoring a ton of short yardage touchdowns, it's probably taking away from Brady. I would pair up Brady with Leonard Fournette because if he is uh, getting involved in the game, it's most likely in the passing game. All right, guys, that'll do it. If you want to read my full thoughts and have you know some lineup starter ideas for the showdown slates, head over to fantasypoints.com. Promo code PatJames10 gets you some money off over there. Um, otherwise, I will be back with the week nine breakdown. Enjoy the Bucks at Giants, and I will talk to you next week.